one minute, it's Huckleberry. Huckleberry, Huckleberry Wednesday. <laughs> Huckleberry Wednesday. Um, your co-host Rob, joined as always by Joe, failed and- GOP uh, candidate <laughs> Duff Huckabee here. We have. Uh, I'm one of Mike Huckabee's large adult sons. <laughs> He, for, he isn't the one that killed a stray dog. No. Joined for the third time, one of our favorites. We have Duff back. We needed him for this moment. We thought hey, it was important. Thanks for having me, but uh, I, I, I sincerely hope that people aren't like, oh, Duff again. Why is Duff on so much? Uh, I, I did want to give a shout out to other Huck, Huckleberries, Huckabees everywhere. Huckabees. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, so have have other people on. I don't I don't want to hog hog the spotlight. I'd like to hear some more unhinged rants from Meeks. <laughs> uh, also, you know, I don't want to. I'm just going to throw a little tease out there, but oh, uh, tease there me. Maybe a, a future minute by minute podcast with the three of us involved coming later this year. Hmm. If we're still friends. If we're still. <laughs> We have to, these are just test runs for you, Duff. Have or, to see, have to see how the rest of Tombstone Minute shakes out, and if one of you kills the other. Yes, we have a lot to talk about. Can I? Can I? Here. Can I also say this? I'm glad that this is the first time I've been on where something happens, or it's actually. Yeah, yeah of- I know. That's actually mostly why why Duff got brought back for a third <laughs> yeah. time. It's uh, after two episodes of well, one where people ride horses. Yeah, well, one yeah, that's I'm- basically like a 1980 cigarette commercial. <laughs> Yeah, and then the other one was just kind of an establishing shot at the the theater. The theater. Yeah. Yeah. That seems well, like it was three years ago. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that said, I would argue nothing really happens on this actual minute yeah. either. Well, no, but I, but it's, it's you know, it, it, there's tension. It's leading there, up to something. This is the foreplay, which yeah. to you, Rob, is the same as nothing, I'm sure. Mm, foreplay a long time. <laughs> um, what if that song started playing in the during this scene? Oh, that would, I, I think it would work. Is there a score at all during any of this? When they're walking, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there is. When they're yeah. walking, but uh, during the stare down, is there a score? Uh, I think there's like it's a high pitched string strings and stuff, but pretty yeah, subtle. Yeah, might be kind of like the want to say like maraca shaking. Okay, percussive. I, I'm not sure, but um. So just to let our listeners know where we're at, uh, they've turned the corner. Doc has his shotgun out right away, and we see the cowboys. We see Billy and Ike Clanton. We see Billy Claiborne, and we see Tom and Frank McLaurie. Um, and Ike is soaking his head in water. Okay, that's that's. I uh, I I actually did like a very brief kind of like shot breakdown. I just have him as water barrel guy. <laughs> yeah, that's Ike. That's Ike. Our good friend Ike. Okay. It's basically like a, a hippo at the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one that, of the isn't that the water that like they spit in and just. <laughs> doesn't seem very sanitary even by old west standards i mean i always assumed he was drying himself out like he's he's still like drunk and he's trying to like just get sober a little wake up yeah yeah i could see that even though it's like 2 30 in the afternoon <laughs> he's also overheating from peeping oh yeah. yeah that's something you missed up we think that what uh actually happened is all the cowboys came over here to look through the windows at josephine and they're they're peeping toms there literally is a mm. tom Peepin' Tom and Glory, it's what Tom, they call them. Tom B. Stone? No, a lot of Toms. Yeah. Not Tom B. Stone. Tom yeah. B. Stone. Uh, the town was founded by a peeper. Yeah. 
uh yeah i could maybe that is they yeah i could see that that they were just hanging out hoping to get a peek um the other thing that you that you might not have heard if you haven't if you're not caught up is uh joe and i are operating underneath the theory that this whole gun out gunfight occurs because um when uh virgil um after that first minute you had with us at the theater goes back with Allie, he's not able to perform. He's been cranky ever since. And this is all his anger over erectile dysfunction. Hmm. Uh, (laughs) He's been such a grouch. I mean, what's the last, he was happy for theater night, right? Yeah. Hasn't been happy since. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't seem to have had a good, good time in tombstone. Um, which is kind of why it's fault, I guess. Mm, Well, or his, Pretty much everything is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Ike Soki's head in the water. I One of the McLory brothers is just throwing a knife around. No, I think that's, um, that's uh, Billy Clanton. Is Billy Clanton? The, yeah. yeah, He's he throwing his knife? Oh, yeah. okay. That was one of the McLory brothers. Um, and then they round the corner. One of the cowboys, like the cowboys sort of reach for the gun. You sort of hear the, the clicking of them um, having it ready. And then Virgil tells them, that isn't what he wants. We kind of have that great shot of like the profile of the uh, Earps uh, from the side as they try to like tell them they don't. They yeah, don't they're they're fight. all lined up very nicely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so here's here's the thing I'm wondering though is if I, I don't think it's an overhead shot, but you'll see that there's there's like a boardwalk that goes over the street because there's kind of a. a ditch or a stream or something yeah and i don't know why they just didn't stop there so they have even footing they, oh, they, they high ground high ground i mean the high ground by like four or five inches but yeah, yeah. still um we well, have to get close i mean they're all about like six feet apart they're all very close here once once this thing kind of goes down um we have the smartest person in this scene um billy claiborne just runs away <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm with him. Yeah. <laughs> He's just like, I, he pulls I just a meeks. Nuts, nuts to this. He pulls yeah. a Meeks. That's what Meeks would do. He's just like, he's like, I, I you know, it's seeing Josephine's not worth this. Yeah. <laughs> he <yeah>. just runs, <laughs> runs off. They're all lined up. Billy Claiborne runs off. We get our classic Sergio Leone close-ups. Yep. Yeah. Um, all this is fantastic. I'm a big fan of everything that we see here. And then we have uh, Doc winks at Billy Clanton. Um, I also like how the the three brothers kind of like, uh, they stop, line up, Doc stumbles ahead, <laughs> just, just full, you know, everyone else kind of stops to size each other up. Yeah. And Doc, who I'm sure you've talked about, just looks terrible. Like, mm-hmm. I feel <laughs> like... I feel gross looking at him, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he just kind of stumbles and stops. And then, yeah, they have this kind of moment and I mean, he shouldn't even be here today. Right. I mean, cause he's, <laughs> he's, is, that a, he's is that a clerk's joke? Yeah. I, just, I threw that in there. Cause he was, I mean, for sure. He like, don't ever threw do up, that again. <laughs> he threw up blood. He spit up blood. He's, you know, recouping in his room. Although that said, I was just thinking he listens to the doctor's advice He's not. He hasn't been drinking. He hasn't been smoking. It's not nighttime. He's just he's out there to gambling. get some fresh air. Yeah, he's getting it's fresh that, air. That dry desert air. Mm-hmm. And then so Doc winks at Billy Clinton. Billy has no idea. Thomas Hayden Church has no idea how to react. He to that is wink. terrified. Okay, so <laughs> at least he fights. True. His brother uh, doesn't. 
Um, <laughs> two things. First of all, I I don't know if it's because of what Thomas Hayden Church did like after this movie, but Thomas Hayden Church to me is the least convincing cowboy. Oh, and, but it's not even close. Yeah, and, and part of it is like his outfit. Like <laughs> I don't know it. I don't know what it is. It's I can't I, watch it without thinking of him forgetting his wallet at some lady's house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that guy could have showed up here too. <laughs> he the naked dude. Yeah. Instead of Ike, instead of Ike running towards Wyatt, it's the fat naked guy with his little yeah. dong flopping around. You see, you see Paul Giamatti run by. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Giamatti should have played Sheriff Behan. Yeah, Paul Giamatti just should have played whoever he wants. Really, he, he yeah, he should play multiple roles in this. <laughs> uh, he, he could have been the Billy. He could have been the Billy Bob Thornton character too. He could have been. He, oh, that would have been great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. to see. Oh, uh, now or the and, Frank Stallone character. Oh, that's even yeah, better. That would have been good too. Uh, All right, I, I so, don't want to go too far with it. Well, I know Duff had some stuff prepared, so let's do that, yeah, and then so, I've got a question. So first thing is that he's the least convincing cowboy ever. Second, um, this kind of ties into my, or not my, uh, Joe's Kurt Russell marriage, or Wyatt marriage theory. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. And, uh, I think that this whole thing, this whole shootout, might have been avoided if not for... Wyatt's fear of in this case homosexual love <laughs> so here's here's okay. and no here's a, I broke it I broke this down hold on okay. I gotta put like, some oven mitts on for this take this is, <laughs> a, this, is this 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 take will scold you <laughs> so I, I so you know I want to finally correct someone on their word usage it would be scald don't you ever talk that <laughs> again. you need to slap slap him like Wyatt would I, I'm gonna like reach through this microphone like the Matrix and slap you. I, the, the word the word was scalded. I just scolded you with your use of it. Oh, okay, so... I'm gonna mute him. Oh, I can't. <laughs> um. So I, I did you know the the shot by shot breakdown, and so we have, uh, Billy, uh, Thomas Hayden Church looks to his side, and then Doc, and he's he's looking terrified. Just doesn't know what to do. Doc Holliday winks at him, mm. and Billy Clanton's face drops. And they're they're having a moment. They're having a romantic moment where they're realizing they're supposed to be together. <laughs> and then and then the the next shot, Wyatt says, "Oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> so it's a gay panic it, thing. It's a it's an extreme gay panic gay marriage reaction from Wyatt and everyone starts shooting. I totally oh, no. misinterpreted Thomas Hayden Church's look it's a look of a man who who he thought his love was unrequited no it's mutual exactly and he's give he oh his whole, he doesn't whole know, he do, world is opening up he he doesn't know quite what to do with that it's the it's the broke back mountain look <laughs> Wow, that is a take. That that's my grand take. So um, this whole shootout starts because Wyatt doesn't want to see Billy and Doc get together. I, I and I don't even think it's it could be marriage, it could be gay panic, but yeah, Wyatt Wyatt just does not the, want to risk it. He doesn't music lovers. Yeah, he knows that <laughs> Big Nose Kate lets him hang out whenever he wants, and yep. he's afraid that that Billy won't. Oh, that's yep. true. 
Yeah, because like Billy is always traveling around with his cowboys, and uh, Doc has a lot of freedom with Kate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Is that I... the history lesson you had for us? No, no, that's not. <laughs> that's not the history lesson. Okay. Um. Uh. Yeah, I I can get to the history stuff later. Um. So yeah, this minute does end with Wyatt mouth mouthing. Oh my god! Which, how that has not become like a meme online? I don't know why. I mean, that should just be. We should be able to take current events and then just cut that to the end of it. Yeah, it's that classic Kurt Russell gutter. Like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> it is wonderful. I want that to be my ringtone now. Like whenever I get a text, oh, that'd be fantastic. I'm sure, we can make that happen. Maybe we so, should start selling Tombstone Minute ringtones on our website. Let, let's do that history lesson now because I uh, the question, I think, uh, might lead to a pretty lengthy discussion. So I want to make sure we okay. don't run out of time for it. So uh, it's not so much – it's a history lesson but not quite about the OK Corral. Like I started going you – know, like I started reading about the OK Corral and went down that rabbit hole. And it, what it did is it led me to the official Tombstone site – for the OK Corral, which is now, as you can guess, it's like a big tourist attraction. Yeah, they do like simulated shootouts every day or something, right? Yes. Yes. Um, I'm going to ask, Joe, how many times do you think they do the shootout each day? I'm going to guess three times a day. Four. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Not only that, I looked it up and... It is, they say, see Wyatt, Doc, Virgil, and Morgan fight the McClory's and Clanton's in daily reenactments of the gunfight at the OK Corral in the streets of Tombstone at 11, noon, 2, 3.30. Additional shows added when tickets sell out. Whoa. So apparently sometimes four isn't even enough. So they just have so many crowds coming. I mean, I'd go. I wonder if you could have a themed wedding, like where you, you get married and in, in the background they have the reenactment occur. <laughs> I'm sure everybody has a price. I, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I'm sure if you brought it up, like, I'd call that. I, a, I'd call that a before. shotgun wedding, guys. <laughs> I, I just. I'm sorry, Duff. I can't mute his mic. We haven't added that feature. So number one, I think that that is a well, obviously it already was, but it's a must go for when you guys get the oh, bus. The tombstone minute bus. Tomb- yeah. I actually have been the doing tomb- some research on renting an RV. <laughs> and what I want to do is pick up every Huckleberry where they live, like on our way there. So it sort of works out like like the uh, like the Muppet movie where the mm. group just keeps oh. getting bigger. <laughs> and then I want to hire someone to pl- to I, I want to buy that giant costume where the guy that just kind of like runs after them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait, wait for me. hey, wait. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, so they have the daily reenactments. Every day of the year except Thanksgiving and Christmas. <laughs> so that means Easter. on like New Year's Easter. Day, Easter, Fourth of July. Well, Fourth of July sounds just... yeah, that sounds right. Actually, that's the most American thing I can think of. Actually, is to watch a fake murder. <laughs> <laughs> to watch uh, an over aggressive police force uh, shoot people over yes. a misdemeanor. <laughs> yes, exactly. To watch um, vigilantes. A militarized police force. Gun down people over a, uh, instead of having a small amount of pot, they have guns. Yep. Uh, so uh, the second part of this that I found out is that, so at the uh, official OK Corral 
uh, I don't know, tourist attraction, whatever you want to call it, they have something called a historama, mm. which is like a diorama. It's basically like a huge kind of like diorama of tombstone throughout history. Is it like one of those huge and, 360 degree paintings? That's called something no, it's else, like a, but uh, no, that's it's, a that's not a, I think maybe it's called. But No, no, it's a, it's basically like a huge diorama. Oh, okay. Except it's, it's so, but you, it says, witness dramatic events such as the silver boom, the great fire, the OK Corral gunfight, the assassination of Morgan Earp, and more. And then this is, this just blew my mind. Here, actor Vincent Price narrates what? this exciting <laughs> multimedia history of Tombstone. From Geronimo's Apaches to modern times. So, and beyond, I mean, he's I looked been into dead it for a long time. Here, here <laughs> is my favorite. Here's my favorite part of all: is that this exhibit has not changed since 1964. What? Oh <laughs> since Lyndon Johnson the, was president. Yes, I'll send the article, and you can post it. I found a thing on Roadside America about it. <laughs> um, we have to go. So every half hour, the house lights dim, the curtain lowers, and then rises again. And it's just like all these models with blinking lights. And I found a YouTube clip as well. And this cannot have aged well. Oh, I'm sure it doesn't. I mean, they show pictures of uh, Native Americans in the model. Oh, no. We have to um, go. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, and I'm trying to find the thing here. It said... Because they were wondering, like, why was Vincent Price involved in this? Because, to my knowledge, he was never in a Bank, Western. Bankruptcy, probably. <laughs> um, it's, I think it was that he owed a favor to the guy who built it. <laughs> I mean, he died before Tombstone was even released, the movie. Oh, yeah. I think he died. Well, he did Edward Scissorhands and then died shortly yeah, after. Or actually, on sc- he died on screen in Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> <laughs> A few people are listening and like, well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so, sounds right. I heard it on the internet. Convincing. So, yeah, I guess we'll have to, you know, as we get towards the end of this, uh, of the movie, we'll have to, maybe in the credits, that's what we'll do is we'll outline our, uh, our, our great trip west and where people can sign up and we'll pick them up. <laughs> <laughs> I got to So I want to talk about great gunfights in movie history, All okay? Right. So this, this is, okay. I'm not going to say this is, I'm not going to say this is a blue chip gunfight. Oh, it's fine. I, I I'm going to say it's I a tier it's below. Really, yeah, it's really it's good. Really... It's not great. Mm. It's good. Mm. Come yeah. on. Or right, continue on. Let's hear your rationale. <clears throat> All right. So I, I would like, I, I, I'd like to hear what some of your favorites are. Uh, like sort of just favorite gunfights. I'm. I'll start to give you guys a little. T- I, I think that the best one ever is uh, the end of Unforgiven. Is the best gunfight. And my reasoning for that is because I actually don't think, and this is sort of the the foundation of my discussion here, like people shooting guns at each other is not interesting. And I think that everyone's favorite gunfight is their favorite gunfight because of what happens before the shooting actually starts. Now, what? That's that's interesting. Now, I, I like okay. So the the prime example would be like uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That Mexican standoff at the end. Yeah. Like the shooting lasts what three seconds? Two seconds. The actual maybe. shooting is nothing. Oh, less even yeah. less. I feel like it's it, less it's than a it's sort of like the shot, a couple shots, and then uh, the um, 
and then he sort of like tries to raise his gun one more time and gets shot again. And, and then Clint Eastwood like shoots his hat over onto his grave. But I mean, so the shooting, like, because people shooting guns at each other isn't interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's just it's over in an instant. And, and what's awesome is for the music is the most important part of that leading up to it. And then the second is just how great the editing is and all the eyeline matches and the way it gets progressively closer to them. It's fantastic. So it's not really, it's, 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 it's about what happens before the shooting starts. Uh, and with what I love about unforgiven is, is just that payoff with uh, money talking about how, when you get in a real fight, most people are, are actually like, they're afraid to shoot somebody. Like when you actually have an opportunity to point your gun and put a bullet inside them, even when your own life is on the line, it's extremely difficult to do. And I find that ex- very convincing. I have never been in that position, fortunately. But it, I, like from hunting, I guess I've had, you know, I, I did hunt when I was younger. It's really hard to point your gun at something and shoot it, even if it isn't a person. Now, imagine if it's a human being. That's extremely difficult to do. And like most movies are just like, ha, ah, no big deal. And Unforgiven is so great the way he walks in there. And he's the only guy in that entire saloon who isn't afraid to do it i think it's perfect and then the other part of it is it's not just what's leading up to it it's what people say when it's over so in that scene there's that famous line where he's about to put uh, the gene hackman character down and he and he goes deserves got nothing to do with it it's <laughs> such a great line you know like gene Hackman's like i don't deserve to die like this deserves got nothing to do with it yeah. And uh, the good, the bad, the ugly, where he's just like, some people have loaded guns and some people dig. You dig. Every Sergio Leone gunfight, it's cool because of what they say right before it and what they say after it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, talk. you know, you joked before, talk about, you know, foreplay. But I mean, good, the bad and the ugly. You have like, what, 10 minutes yeah, leading up to the with the with the ecstasy of gold music and the. They're all, you know, just lining up in the perfect, like triangle or whatever it is in the yeah. cemetery. It's, uh, and and I, I well, I, I want to let you guys talk a little bit, but I want uh, then I then I want to talk about a modern film that I think, um, does gunfighting well for a different reason. But I'll let you guys. What what are some that you guys like? It, it I guess ideally it would be westerns, but if it's a non-western, that's fine too. Uh, I was thinking non-western um, for mine, oddly enough. Is it police again? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. It's the beginning of the Naked Gun with OJ. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think my, I think both my answers are obvious, but like I think the the bank robbery in, in Heat is is yeah. Heat came awesome. to mind. Yeah, that's a great one. The the default for me is probably Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, but that's kind of like not a wrong pick, but a boring one. So I will say. Uh, I'm going to go with a little different one. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Oh, okay. I like this. Um, and also, and I think this ties into what Joe was talking about, it's because of what becomes before and what comes after. It's a serious hot take that might be my favorite Western just because of all the themes it embodies. Uh, and what it comes down to is that there's there's this huge dichotomy and kind of not dichotomy. Um, there's a big, I would say you have to have this cognitive dissonance and compartmentalization about 
the old west and the, and the founding of america and the frontier and you know that you can say like oh we're a country of law and order and you know books and democracy and learning and all that which is the jimmy stewart character but at the end of the day it's the john wayne character that say that saves the day but then he lets everyone believe that jimmy stewart actually shot him so that jimmy stewart can then become a senator and he civilizes the town and brings in the railroad so i'm not i'm not doing this movie justice it's a great great movie it's i personally i think it's better than the searchers that's how highly i regard it so i think that's yeah i think it's probably my favorite classic western like if you go back to like a hollywood hollywood era i think that's my favorite one it well and especially because for a western at that time there's no I mean, there might be some extras, but there's no Native Americans. There's none of yeah. that, you know, uh, just kind of simplistic good guys versus bad guys. It's really about kind of cutting down that myth of, oh, America, you know, we, we went out west and we tamed everything. And then eventually democracy and the enlightened educators came in and it was, you know, it was just a... a uh, a straight line of progress. That's kind of his, uh, John Ford's last great film, right? Yeah, he didn't do a ton yeah, I'm after I'm looking that. at his page. Just just a handful after that. That's it. I, yeah. I, yeah. So that that was my clumsy analysis and uh, summary of The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. So uh, look it up, listeners. The, the other movie, I you asked for a Western one. I would say there's a couple, but like Once Upon a Time in the West, that yeah, opening that, sequence with harmonica. My, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> he brought two too many. Yeah, did you bring a horse? Yeah, <laughs> it looks like we're one horse or shy one horse. <laughs> he brought two too many. <laughs> um, so I would say like, yeah, it's interesting we, we bring these up. Um, a lot of great westerns out there, and there's sort of like seems like three eras of westerns. You have your your Hollywood classic westerns. You sort of had this renaissance in the '60s and '70s, and then I would say like from about like Unforgiven on or maybe like um, Young Guns on, you sort of have like the, the modern day Western. Uh, oh, I was going to say one, this is not a, I don't know if it's necessarily a great fight, but uh, a very enjoyable movie is uh, The Quick and the Dead. Mm. Oh, the Sam where, Raimi uh, Western? Yeah. yeah, it's it's really entertaining. It has a great cast and a spoiler, there's... <laughs> It, I mean, there's a the classic Sam Raimi touch is that Gene Hackman literally has a hole fired through him and the sun shines through. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yeah. Is Bruce Campbell in that? Uh, he probably has a cameo, but he's not a star. It It's crazy. It has Sharon Stone, Gene Hackman, Leonardo DiCaprio, um, DiCaprio Russell Crowe, like before he got famous. I think this was like 95, 96, yeah, something like that, that. that era where you had like Tombstone and Desperado and yeah. all these, these Westerns. Um, I'd like to punctuate my point. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Joe. This will, I, I think I was trying to think of movies from the last like five years or so that had good gunfights. And I think that that one movie that has a lot of gunplay in it but is able to, in, a, in my opinion, a really unique way – mitigate the fact that people shooting at each other isn't that interesting is john wick yeah because in john in john yeah. wick um if you think about that nightclub scene the the guns are largely incidental and what it does is it makes it uh, you, you when you don't really 
when you kind of remember it and you just think back on it, it's like, oh, that's a pretty good, cool shootout. But really, it's mostly just kind of like a martial arts fight sequence through it because almost every gunshot is is subs like what would normally be like a knockout punch or something instead he just shoots them so most of the gunfire is like at point blank range or near to it yeah gun it, it yeah. the the gun the his use of the firearm is probably slightly less important than than his movement and his uh hand-to-hand combat with these people I, so i i think that that movie um, does that well because it, it doesn't just rely on people shooting at each other. It, it it seems to understand that that gunfights are inherently not all that interesting. The, so it makes other, it physical. The other movie I think that it's much maligned now because of the sequels. But like I'm sure I'm not the only one who the Matrix lobby shootout sequence was unbelievable when I first saw it. Yeah, and that's another example where yeah. it's a it makes a gunfight a physical thing, yeah. and their their use of their own bodies is more important than their use of their guns. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, um, yeah that's a good point. Uh, I I did want to say just one thing, and you kind of hit on this as a, you know you're talking about Unforgiven and about the the realness about what people would do with guns in situations yeah. like that. One thing that I always kind of notice in movies is, and especially in PG-13 movies now, which have more uh, gun deaths than I think they yeah, had before. Yeah, more than most rated R movies, that, I think they say. Yeah, uh, but no blood, and that's yep. how they get away with it. Um, to me, the thing that I really notice is that it's a lot of the time in movies is it's very clean and very quick gun is fired person drops they're dead that's it and a lot of the time that's really not what happens um unless you you know you hit someone like straight in the heart perfectly or something so they die right away but i so i'm always i i think that to a certain extent it bothers me when i see movies that don't accurately depict the consequences of gunfire that's not to say like i'm like oh there shouldn't be guns in movies but one thing i think of is um for various reasons terminator 2 is a great movie but one reason why for me is that whenever there's violence with guns or whatever i i viscerally feel it um and it shows i think realistic reactions to guns and stabbings and things like that i suppose i always think of when they're they're breaking into the mental institution to break out sarah connor and they shoot that guy in the kneecap and he just like drops and he's screaming part of that part of that in that movie too is that the sound design is unbelievable that's gotta be one of the best sound yeah yeah movies oh yeah absolutely but you know james cameron has his flaws but in terms of like realistic violence, like Terminator 2 really sticks with me in terms of, you know, it's not just bang, drop, and it's quick and easy. A lot of the time it's that, you know, it's that, oh, you hit some guy in the leg and now he's laying on the ground screaming. Well, on that note, <laughs> uh, <laughs> one thing and that so we... for this sequence here, I think that that, that sort of. I think that this falls in with that, you know, like it's more about how cool the lead up is to it. And I, I think this movie seems to be aware of that. And that's why they have this whole thing start with that wink 
they're like, well, people are going to talk about that as being like a really cool moment. Yeah, yeah, you have the wink, and next minute we'll get into the stuff that happens. But you, you do have a good mix of um, cool action and and violence, but also like pauses for one-liners and and. You sort of know where everyone is in the space, too, which I think is a, a key on all these that we're talking about. Yeah, which is so rare in movies nowadays yeah. where they just try to, like, make up for their lack of skill by just doing fast-cut, yep. chaotic stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, Intensified continuity, I believe, is what Boardwell calls it. Oh, intensified continuity. Yeah. Thanks, Professor. Um, I, we've, never, we've never found your cowboy name, Duff. Yeah, you've asked pretty much yeah. everyone, uh, but but what me. What would your cowboy name um, be? So I thought about this, and I think I like location-based yes. okay. names, like uh, the Oklahoma Kid or something like that. So I was thinking about it, and there is a lake and park in southern Minneapolis named Diamond Lake. So I'm going to be Diamond Lake Ooh. Duff. Yeah. I like that. That's a good one. Old Diamond Lake Duff. He can oh. he can handle a six shooter. Uh, I kid. That yep. that Diamond Luke Duff, man, he's sharp. He'll <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've gone we've gone a long ways. Thanks a lot Duff for being on here. I'm certain you will be back for a fourth time. We have a lot of movie left. All right. Yeah, you're you're only a little over halfway done. I know. Done. I know. That's wild. <laughs> Um, and we'll be back tomorrow where Joe and I will be here to discuss the actual shootout. And I have a lot of notes. Oh, on my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. We'll be back. <laughs>